There are some people who don't ever want to get married. There's no intention to do that. And there's other people who are planning to have a family eventually, and it just hasn't happened for them yet. And I do think those are two very different things when we talk about financial planning. You are listening to the Financial Clarity for Doctors podcast by Finity Group, LLC, where we discuss the pertinent financial planning topics facing physicians and other medical professionals. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. And now, here are your hosts, Rochelle Vanderzanden and Corey Janoff. All right. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Welcome to Financial Clarity for Doctors. I'm Corey Janoff, and I'm here with Rochelle Vanderzanden. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. We thought it would be fun to do a Valentine's Day episode on financial planning for single people. Um, you know, all the all the uh, coupled uh, people out there are off hopefully hopefully celebrating Valentine's Day, and mm-hmm. all of you single people are here with us. We much appreciate it. Listening to the soothing sounds of our voice, talk about financial planning. <laughs> Shout out to Dan uh, for inspiring this episode. Dan, you know who you are. Thank you for the idea of recording uh, financial planning for single people and dropping it on Valentine's Day, um, and. You know, when it comes to financial planning, you know, from a thirty thousand foot view, whether it's it's whether you're married, have a family, or you're single, it, it really all boils down to the same thing. Um, what are your goals, and how do we go accomplish? How do we go about accomplishing those goals? Mm-hmm. And a lot of single people and married people, I think, have the same goals. It's they want to retire at a same, or like at a decent age, and still have a, a good quality of life. And they also don't want to have to work so hard that they just feel tired all the time. So there's a lot of things that are similar, but your Dan was right. that There are a lot of things that are different too. And I do feel like a lot of times we focus on people who are married and people who have families and the different needs that they have. So I love that we're spending a little bit of time talking about something different today. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of tired, um, Michelle <laughs> and I both have young kids and we we're talking about how our children were up in the middle of the night last night so mm-hmm. you single people don't know how good you have it until your freedom is taken away and Absolutely. the sleep is uh it's not a choice it's um you know it's determined by someone else in mm-hmm. a lot of cases so mm-hmm. we'll occasionally find ourselves looking over the fence <laughs> to see if that grass is greener on the other <laughs> side but no i wouldn't change anything happy with the family situation but mm-hmm. despite some, the circles under our eyes <laughs> yes sometimes i envy envy the single people who can sleep in when they want to and get a full night's sleep absolutely so there are perks to being single yeah definitely i and we're going to talk about some of those today yes. for sure and i do think there's also a difference between like not every single person is the same just like not every married person is the same and i think there are some people who don't ever want to get married there's no intention to do that and there's other people who are planning to have a family eventually and it just hasn't happened for them yet. And I do think those are two very different things when we talk about financial planning. Um, Can you talk about some of the different things that that affects? I feel like it's a lot of things. Yeah, I I mean, from top to bottom, kind of everything a little bit. If you're planning to be perpetually single, probably the insurance planning discussion is a lot different. Mm -hmm. College savings isn't even brought up unless maybe you have nieces or nephews that that you might want to save for. Uh, whereas if you're planning to get married and have kids one day, you just haven't found that right person yet, 
you might be setting yourself up for those future goals. You might look yeah. at um, potentially setting some money aside for future college expenses or, or set money up for a down payment on that bigger house because you know you're going to need more bedrooms once you have children. Uh, maybe insurance planning. You're looking into life mm-hmm. insurance while you're young and healthy, which we've talked about before. You know, Use it as a future planning tool. Use your age and your health to your advantage. Lock in some coverage at, at your young, healthy rates because if your health changes, you may not be able to qualify down the road right. when you actually need it. So, And I think one thing, like disability insurance is a big one, I think for both single people and people with families. Yes. And I think for people who are single and maybe intend to be single for a very long time, disability insurance can be very important because it protects you. Like there's no one else to fall back on at that point. There's no other income in the picture. It's you and your income and that's what the entire financial plan is based on. So if your income is taken out of that scenario, obviously you're going to be in a world of hurt. So I think disability insurance is important for married people too, but even for single people, I I hate it when people think that they just don't need as much insurance because no one's dependent on them. Yeah. Like make decisions for yourself at that point. Yes. Disability is a must if you're single um, because without income, you're you're out of luck. Right. Um, Whereas if you're married, I guess, you know, there, there'd be, there could be two different categories of, of married couples. There's ones where it's a single income earner household and a dual income earner mm-hmm. household. You know, obviously if both spouses are working, the need for disability income on both of them might be a little mm-hmm. less. You may not need to insure 100% of both incomes, but if you're single and you rely on your income, you got to protect it. That's the lifeblood uh, without income. Um, there, there's really nothing else to talk about today. So make sure you protect your income. Um, disability is definitely a must. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there are some other insurances too. Like, so we talked about life insurance a little bit. I think long-term care is one that a lot of our clients don't think very much about because they're young and they're healthy. Um, but maybe some of them have come across it with their parents. But like that end of life care can be very, very expensive. And knowing that you don't necessarily have a family support system might might change your need a little bit when it comes to long term care insurance. Absolutely, um, you know the the typical path towards needing assistance with daily living. You know, typically in end of life scenarios. Although you know there could be scenarios where you're younger and you get an mm-hmm. injury or, or a disability that requires that need. Um, but most people, you know think of it as a kind of the end of life type deal the last handful of years or so. If, if you have a spouse, oftentimes one spouse, usually the wife, is the one taking care of the other spouse um, mm-hmm. for a few years and then you know it gets to the point where you need to hire help and eventually move into a facility potentially. Yeah. Whereas if you're single and you don't have anyone to take care of you, um, you know, having that insurance could be more important because you're going to have to enter that need of hiring someone sooner or moving into a facility sooner where you can get that assisted living. Um, and if you haven't planned for that, and I guess that could be a scenario where you plan ahead of time and you're able you know, to save yeah. up a bunch of money for that scenario. Mm-hmm. But if as a backup plan, it might be worth considering long-term care insurance, um, you know, whereas a, a, a married couple, you know, it might still be important, but maybe not as crucial depending on the circumstances yeah. yeah just something different to think about i always feel like insurance is a little bit depressing to think yeah. about <laughs> we're always talking about these worst case scenarios that no one wants to even think about yeah i mean as with everything case by case basis Absolutely. everyone's situation is different the goals concerns yeah. needs demands etc mm-hmm. so 
I feel like one more positive thing that you can think about with being single is maybe the differences in cash flow. I oh, think yeah. maybe it, there's some positives and some negatives there, but I do feel like I have a handful of clients who are single and they are able to save so much money because they don't have the same financial obligations that they necessarily would as a family. Um, so, you know, less expensive living situation and they don't have to pay anything for daycare stuff like that like that that's very expensive with young kids um so i just feel like there's a lot of ways that they're able to save money and just like front load retirement savings and especially for people that are planning to have a family at some point like that can be great because it just gives them a little bit of a head start yeah absolutely yeah. housing is a big one you yeah. know a one or two bedroom home um, it, it is going to be most likely all else being equal less expensive than the three or four bedroom home mm-hmm. um Grocery bills, mm-hmm. you know, if you're just paying for yourself, probably less expensive than paying for for multiple people, and especially once you have uh, a family with growing children. Once they get into the teenage years, they'll eat you out of house and home. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you, you spend a lot less money on those things. The childcare, you know, we're we're assuming single with no kids. You know, obviously, if you're a single parent, totally different discussion. Maybe yeah. we do another episode on that sometime. Yeah. But, um, but assuming just single, no dependents, no one that relies on you uh, financially speaking, then you can definitely cut a lot of costs out and put money towards those goals. Um, you know, save up for retirement. You could achieve financial independence earlier, take more vacations, mm-hmm. have more fun. Um, yeah. But you could also, you know, try not to get too negative here, but you could also get caught up in that spending money and traveling and having fun. And, and, and you could, you know, just replace some of those fixed expenses of family costs with more leisure expenses and fun expenses and it's hard to go back once that happens but you definitely have more flexibility with the budget as a single person I would say yeah I think there is one flip side of that because when we do have couples that both earn a high income I think that's that's easier because you're able to share expenses oh yeah like you know a half of a mortgage payment is probably a little bit less than rent would be which is nice so obviously there's some benefits there too so it's not like being single, you're always going to save a ton of money, but no. most of the time, I feel like there's there's some extra cash flow there. I think it's the taking kids out of the equation. Yeah, that's <laughs> the, that's the expensive part. Not mm-hmm. so much being single versus married. It's do you have children or not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a dual income couple with no kids, and we I have some as clients that have zero plans to have children. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's almost an ideal financial planning scenario. <laughs> you got two incomes. <laughs> You know, the you live in a two-bedroom home, you know, one to sleep in and one is like an office, you know, maybe an exercise room or something, and then, you know, you got a lot of flexibility there. Absolutely. But, yeah. <laughs> the kids. That's what really affects the cash Really flow. just don't have kids if you want to achieve financial <laughs> independence. But one other thing we were going to talk about today is taxes. I guess yes. kids kind of help with taxes a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. They cost more than they save you. That's very true. Credits. Very true. Um, but yes, I think taxes when you're married and taxes when you are single are very different. Yes. Yes. I mean, just the income tax brackets that you have there in front of you. I think when you are single, basically, you have to make like twice as, or you make the same amount, but it's you pay twice as much in taxes than if it was dual income and you were filing together. So just as an example, if you're married filing jointly, if you make three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, your top income tax bracket is still only twenty-four percent. That's but, federal. 
Right, federally. So if there's state income taxes, it's yeah. on top of that. If you're a single person and you make $325,000, your top income tax bracket is 35%. And that's that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that are working against you a little bit, but just be aware of that. Understand that you're going to have to pay a little bit more in taxes. And also, you can let that drive some of your investment decisions. So maybe we do more pre-tax into our 401ks and our 403bs to get some tax deductions. Yeah. And that, yeah, I think the big thing, we talked a little bit about that in our tax planning episode mm-hmm. um, that came out a couple weeks ago. And it, it, it disparate income, spouses with disparate incomes, you know, yeah. if, if there's a doctor who earns the 325000 a year and is married to a stay-at-home spouse, that's a great tax situation because, you know, you're paying taxes at the married filing jointly rate, um, top tax bracket of 24% federally. Whereas um, if you're single and earning mm-hmm. that, you know, you're going to be basically the tax brackets are, are half. Um, they, you know, they ratchet up. And then once you get to the top couple, it, it's a, a different curve. But for the first few tax brackets, it's just the married bracket is double what the single bracket is. So you're mm-hmm. likely going to be paying a larger percentage in taxes as a single individual. But if it's two dual income earners, you know, it's basically the same as if, you know, they're single essentially. Right. Um, but yes, you know, short answer is your tax brackets are going to be a little bit different. We might be looking at, um, you know, generally we're big fans of Roth accounts, whether it's, uh, you know, the backdoor Roth IRA um, for for everyone, if they're eligible, should be doing that. Uh, but sometimes funding a Roth 401k or Roth 403b, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're up over that 24% bracket. So if, if it's a married couple, you know, we might be recommending Roth um, up to a further income threshold than a single person. Right. You know, if you're hitting that 35% bracket, that's a pretty good scenario for pre-tax. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everyone's different. It depends on what accounts you have available. But uh, we might be skewing more money towards pre-tax sooner at at the lower income thresholds in that scenario. Yeah. And I know one thing that comes up a lot for clients too, or especially clients with student loans, is the potential of doing public service loan forgiveness. And those income-based repayments are calculated based on your income and also your spouse's income if you file jointly. So if you're single, you have less income that those payments are being calculated based on. So that can actually be an advantage, which is kind of interesting to think about. Yeah. There's very few situations where I feel like it's beneficial from like a tax or like a a legal perspective to be single. Well, it definitely makes things simpler. Right. Yeah. I guess is an advantage, but yeah, less stuff to think about, less, less scenarios to take into consideration. It's, Mm -hmm. you only have one option, which is single, Mm -hmm. single incomer. Yeah. Um, So it makes the decision a little bit easier, less choices there. Um, But yeah, you're paying based on your, your total income. Um, And uh, yeah, you know, we talked a bit about student loans in one of our, our earlier episodes mm-hmm. and coming up with a game plan to get rid of those whether you're married or you're single the it, it's it's the same figure out a plan to get rid of your student loans get those behind you and yeah. focus on some of your more long-term goals yeah if you have some of that excess cash flow <laughs> get rid of them. And, and you're not trying to do PSLF or something like that and yeah. that's a good going back to the the two different single people those that yeah. plan to be perpetually single versus those that ultimately want to start a family one day you mm-hmm. know if our if we're planning to start that family one day use those single years to really aggressively attack those student loans live like a, a, a student or a resident even when you're in practice 
Um, you know, it's pretty easy to do. You don't have to really change a whole lot from your lifestyle. You just got a much larger paycheck, but you can still live comfortably and take all that extra money hurl it at your student loans, knock those out in a short amount of time, mm-hmm. and then that'll free up you know, potentially several thousand dollars a month of fixed expenses that will then likely be replaced with childcare costs a few years later mm-hmm. once you start or a, a mortgage. Yeah, or a larger <laughs> a mortgage larger on mortgage. a house, absolutely. So yeah. you know, getting rid of some of those uh, expenses and some of those debts early on to free up your cash flow and, and make uh, the future life a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I know one thing that most single people don't think a lot about is estate planning and setting up a will. And I think it's easy to justify, like, you need this to a family with kids because we want to make sure that the kids are, like, handled, like, they go to the person that you want them to go to if, God forbid, you weren't around. But with single people, like, there's still an argument for having an estate plan in place. We still want to make sure that the appropriate people are in the loop if you're medically incapacitated. And there are documents that you can set up in an estate plan where maybe you can designate a parent or some other relative or loved one so that they can be in the loop if something happens with you and some decisions need to be made. So there's a lot to think about there too. Absolutely. having. I think this is probably one of the more overlooked pieces mm-hmm. um, of financial planning for single folks is, is it's still very important to have an estate plan in place. You're not doing it to benefit your children because you don't have any. It's it's to benefit you and your you know family or, or people close to you um, to not have to make those tough decisions without kind of knowing what, what you would have wanted. So designating a power of attorney over your health care and financials in the event that you're incapacitated so that you could have a, a parent or a sibling or, or friend, whomever you, you trust to, to make those decisions for you. Setting up advanced directives. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in a coma, do you want them to keep the feeding tube in or, or pull the plug? Yeah. Um, not fun to talk about, but you know, ha- putting those decisions on someone else and the hospital doctor is you know trying to find who has the authority to make those decisions you know that's just going to be a giant mess if you're in that scenario so setting it up so that you have some person or, or, or several individuals whatever you want to do it um, you know designated as the, the people who are in charge of, of your finances and healthcare decisions in, in those scenarios is really important also beneficiaries yeah you know you might have the thought of ah, if i'm dead who cares but if you if, if you have a sizable amount of assets you know retirement accounts a home you know yeah. whatever you may want to pass those on to certain people um, or maybe a charity and having a, an, an estate plan documented that says here's where the money is supposed to go naming your beneficiaries properly on your accounts so, i think you know, that's really important because I feel like as a single person that might switch around a little bit more frequently. You know, like if you have a beneficiary that you named when you set up your 401k and maybe it was a parent and and maybe that's not the most appropriate choice anymore, you should revisit those things periodically. Absolutely. Yeah. Still important to review the estate plan uh, Mm -hmm. every so often, uh, but just to ensure that your affairs are handled the way that you would want them to be handled if something happens to you. Not fun to think about, not no. enjoyable, but you know it's it's important um, planning because if you're no longer here or unable to make those decisions, someone has to make them for you. And in our interview with with Bob Cabasi, he talked about fortunately the state that you live in has mm-hmm. a plan in place. If you haven't um, put one in place yourself, but that plan may not be you know what you would have 
decided yourself if you had the, the right. choice. Right, absolutely. So let's try to make it a little more pleasant. Yes. So what are the advantages of being single? I feel like we've danced around a few of them. And so, okay, you have a little more cash flow. You can do more retirement savings. You can put more towards your student loans. What else is there? I think just more freedom and flexibility. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on everyone, again, is different. The favorite answer, it depends. But like if Mm -hmm. you're say an emergency medicine or an anesthesiologist or something and you're basically working shifts maybe you're a hospitalist you know you might have the ability to pick up extra shifts when you want to to earn some extra income to accelerate your financial goals whereas if you've got a family and kids and Mm -hmm. you know those obligations you know even though it might be beneficial to your financial picture you may feel guilty if you're you know taking time to, to work over being with your family and then we already mentioned the whole sleep component. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> so definitely one of them. <laughs> you may need to, to take that much needed sleep. Um, and we've got a good episode on, on sleep coming out soon here with uh, Dr. Brandon Peters. Um, so be on the lookout for that one. But um, but yeah, I think just having flexibility over your, your schedule, your life, you know, when to some degree, when you work, how much you work. You um, can have more fun. Yes. <laughs> Travel, leisure. Yes. There's just more time, more flexibility. You you don't have to be thinking about someone else every time you make a decision. You make decisions just for you, you know. And again, it depends. But generally speaking, you can make decisions for yourself that yeah. just benefit you. You can be selfish and it's glorious and you don't have to feel bad about it. You don't it. have to feel bad about it. Yeah, yeah. that's probably the best part. Yes. You want to go out with some friends get some beers after work go do it you want to take a golf trip go do it (laughs) i know this is a valentine's day episode i would just say for all of you single folks out there please don't go to a restaurant on valentine's day it's the worst it's the worst it's no fun just pick a different day (laughs) yeah valentine's day is friday this year so um (laughs) yeah maybe just stay home and and watch netflix or basketball or something basketball yes <laughs> I, think please. All, I think it's all-star weekend so nba games may not be on or they're the all-star festivities that seems like a much better choice than a restaurant yeah cook at home yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's probably good advice for couples too honestly <laughs> yeah don't i mean don't go out to dinner on valentine's day no. ever um they're just going to try and upcharge you and it's going to be a zoo and parking and uh-huh. just like get one of the heart-shaped pizzas from papa murphy's yes. So I learned Papa Murphy's isn't a national chain. It's a local deal. Oh, or like West Coast? I think it's, yeah, it's oh, like West Coast Sorry, that's our local take-and-bake pizza chain, yeah, in case you're wondering. It's big in the Northwest. I think they have some in California, maybe like going a little eastward. But So, yeah, there's a local take-and-bake pizza place that makes these heart-shaped pizzas on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And pro tip, if you go late in the evening... They often make way more than they they sell, so you can get you know two for one deals. Like I remember once when Lindsay and I first started dating, we decided let's just grab a pizza from Papa Murphy. I think we went like I think we went to a movie or the driving range or did something, yeah. and then grabbed a pizza on the way home. And it was like seven thirty at night, and they're like, "Yeah, we made way too many. Do you just want a free one?" <laughs> We're like, uh, "Sure." Dating tips Leftovers. from Corey. Yep. <laughs> so okay. If we could go back to being single, what would we do? Like for Valentine's Day, for life? <laughs> well, I'd do nothing for Valentine's Day. I'd have a lot more fun um, on hobbies and activities. I'd be a much better golfer. I'd be much more well-rested. I would have probably traveled to more places in the world. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, probably wouldn't eat nearly as healthy. Yeah, so. that is one nice thing about having kids specifically is that you feel like they need to eat healthy, and so then you feel like you have to do it too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what would you do? What would I do? You to go back. I would time. definitely get more sleep. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do like the idea of traveling more, and I feel like I don't read at all anymore. It's definitely yeah. something that I used to do. I think this is more it would coming, be nice. We're coming from the perspective of parents, not so much you know, as, so true. as married. Like whether, like if we didn't have kids, we could do all these things that we're talking mm-hmm. about. But yeah, reading more, exercise more. Oh, at all. I'd be yeah. in much better shape, um, healthier. <laughs> just <laughs> well, and maybe that balances out. Like you let you exercise less, but at least you eat healthier. Yeah. Maybe. 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 Yeah. Although I don't know. Sometimes we're just scrambling, and I'm on the way home and work and it's like hey what's the plan for dinner i don't know pick something up mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the fast food drive through line <laughs> so to all you single people out here take advantage do the things you want to do <laughs> figure out what your goals are and just work towards them and you don't have to feel guilty about being selfish and i think that's that's important like yeah, yeah. i mean really just Make sure we have our goals and priorities lined up. Put mm-hmm. enough money towards achieving those goals in the time frame you want to achieve them. I think the beauty is you have more flexibility with how you decide what to do. You don't have to, you know, decide with a, a spouse. Yeah, um, you know, absolutely. Like when we had our, our home buying episode with Rick McDowell, he mm-hmm. was talking about you know having X number of, of cars in the garage and. And they had to compromise and, and not get the eight-car garage. And he had to, to you know park some cars on the street because his, his wife didn't want that big of a garage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you, you get to make all the decisions yourself. No compromises uh, needed. Uh, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you still need to come up with a plan, put money towards your goals, make sure you're on track to reaching those goals. And then with what's left over, have fun. Do Absolutely. You want. Enjoy Absolutely. Life. All right. Happy Valentine's, everyone. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) We would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics you'd like us to cover. You can get in touch with the show by emailing podcast at thefinitygroup.com or by following Finity Group on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Finity Group LLC. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey Janoff CFP or on LinkedIn under my name, Corey Janoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Rochelle Finance or on LinkedIn as well. Check out all the podcast episodes on thefinitygroup.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to check out our blog, thefinitygroup.com slash blog. Thanks for listening to this episode of Financial Clarity for Doctors by Affinity Group, LLC.